Hey guys, we're back. Episode two of the Splitting Gaps podcast. I'm joined by Brendan Beachler and Marty Ryan again. Thanks for being here, boys. We're back. <laughs> it's good. It's good to be back. The boys are back. Yeah. So episode two here. Uh, I did want to start um, the MVPs and the uh, the awards uh, out of the MLB came out last night. Um, Rookie of the year came out a couple days ago, but Shohei Otani preseason sixty to one when the AL MVP wins it unanimously after one of the greatest single seasons I've ever seen. He was on, well, I mean, we've obviously never seen that. We weren't around for Babe Ruth. We haven't seen a. <laughs> Only guy comparable. Yeah, and that was that's the comp every single time because there's no one else. Anytime there's a big, there's a slugger, like triple crown, there's always other guys that you can compare him to swing peripherals slugging stuff like that but he he is really special and i think he he's great for baseball yeah for sure i mean with the league that's been around for so long like the mlb has it's you're hard pressed to find someone or something that's so different that people have never seen before and that and that was a unicorn season for him so it's it's obviously he deserved it and penciled penciled in from i mean damn near the all-star break but yeah no, he was he was incredible, and it, it, I'm glad he won it. And recognized him. I'm glad he won it too. I loved watching him all year. The funny thing is, almost any other year, Vladdy Jr. wins it in a landslide. Yeah, I just I was gonna make the same point. I pulled up like previous MVP winners, like and none of these guys, like Mookie three years ago, Mike Trout, Abreu, Bryce Harper, who obviously just won it, Freddie Freeman, like Bellinger. I mean, Vladdy Jr.'s season this year is. Damn near better than all of them. Yeah. And, yeah, he – he, what I wanted to see, because he was such a shoe-in for it, because he, like you said, unicorn season, is if Vlad Jr. won the Triple Crown, because he was damn close. If Vlad Jr. got the Triple Crown and didn't win the MVP, that would have to be the only time that's ever yeah, happened. That would probably be the biggest snub or, like, best second-place finish of all time. Was, was wow. Miggy's – I, I'm looking. Miggy won back to back 2012, 2013. Did he win the triple crown in 2012? I thought it was. I think it's 13. But um, it's it, that's besides the point. But he, I mean, he obviously won MVP that yeah. year. So it's like usually you're a lot. It was yeah. you go triple crown. It was MVP. 2012. So yeah, it's I mean, crazy year for both of them. And how about uh, how, what do you guys think about Harper? Honestly, I, it was crazy watching how his odds just kept fluctuating all year because the Phillies are one of the most just mediocre teams in baseball. You know, they, they're not talked about a lot. They just sit around 500. But I think a constant with all those guys that, that just rule baseball, the Trouts, the Harpers, uh, guys like that, is they get way better as the season goes on every year. And as it got after the All-Star break, I, he hit almost, you know, 340 after the All-Star break. And the thing is, he's – the other thing about those guys, Trout, Harper, what makes them different, when you've been around that long and you've just seen everything, teams have just thrown the kitchen sink at you, they don't swing unless it's something they like. And when they get it, they don't mess around with it. They take it They take it out. So I think Tatis would have been a shoe-in for it if he played 162. But I think Harper deserved it. Yeah, I wanted I, to see DeGrom, honestly. If DeGrom pitched the whole year, that would have been special. That one guy had that betting ticket. 
for uh, Degrom and Otani. Yeah, and uh, Degrom was leading. I yeah, believe, right. After yeah, two then, months, yeah. he was. I mean, Degrom was on path to pitch the greatest season ever, and like just crazy MLB season with. If Degrom stayed healthy, probably would have been the greatest pitch seasons ever. Followed with Otani in the other league, just doing something we never seen. Like it was, it was a crazy year. Definitely, we, we were almost. It was almost two months into the season, and Jacob Degrom had more RBIs than earned runs against. Yeah, wow. and <laughs> you know he he's one of those guys like Chris Sale was like this on the Sox, where obviously the Mets were a little better this year and they had high hopes, but. That stadium is going to be packed every time he's scheduled to start. And Otani with the Angels, it's like that. But also, you're seeing him, you want to see him hit, you know, go 460 to right. So it was every game like that. But he was must-see TV. It was too bad that um, it was too bad that he couldn't, couldn't go the whole way, couldn't even go half the way because he was doing – him, yeah. Between him and Otani, we were seeing two of the greatest single seasons in ML- in 150 years of Major League Baseball. But I, I was I pulled up that that Miggy, um, that Miggy uh, 2012 season, hit 330 with 44 tanks and 139 RBIs. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. That's one of the greatest hitting seasons ever. <laughs> I mean, that Detroit team was loaded. Yep. With Scherzer, Scherzer, Verlander, Ian Kinsler, Prince Fielder, like David Price, David Price, they yeah. were unbelievable. Sanchez. Fernando Rodney, <laughs> yeah, they were loaded. They could never get it done, though. They could never get it done. Did they only make one? Uh yeah, no, Giants swept by the Giants. That's swept. Uh, they did lose to a talented Rangers team. I think maybe in 2011. Yeah. Or it no, 20, 2013 would have been the Rangers Cardinals. Maybe I think. No, 2011. Or, 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 2011. No, it was 2011. Okay. But, uh, the David Free show. So um, I got a question for Beach here. Any, uh, how you feeling on Correa? Um, I think he was seen sitting down with AJ Hinn in Detroit. He was. So uh, I don't know. You tell me how we should feel. Obviously, you guys know a little bit more about baseball than me, but uh, that is the uh, that's the buzz around Detroit. I was seeing. So Correa is special. I mean, he is he is the centerpiece. He's, He's almost like this shortstop. A shortstop of that caliber is basically a quarterback. You know, like that's the equivalent. And I was seeing something about his season. He won his first gold glove this year. I think he's probably pretty close to winning them the last four, five, six years. But he his defensive war was far and away better than anyone else in baseball. He, like his defensive runs saved and his his advanced stats defensively were on another on another level of anyone else. They were in a different universe. And that alone changes a team because when your shortstop is playing like that, it makes things way easier for the rest of the infield. You know, when he's getting everything, he's got an absolute cannon of an arm. He's not crazy consistent at the plate, but he's got that clutch gene. He's a spark. He's got that clutch gene. And he's he's a five tool guy. I think he's He's gone under the radar for the wrong reasons because of the Astro scandal, you know, where people have slandered him. Even maybe it's, you know, you can't slander him. He, he deserves it. But you can't. I think some people forgot how good he is. And obviously he came to play in the playoffs. He always does. Even last year, they sneak in and he comes out and beats the Twins just hitting tanks. And. I, I don't know if he's worth mortgaging your franchise on if you're the Tigers. 
I do like the Tigers' young core. I was going to say, I like pairing the idea of pairing him with the young core. I think we have, like, six out of the top 30 in the farm system. I think that's the yeah. stat, six out of the top 30 in the farm system. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, there was even talks of getting JV back before uh, he signed the yeah. one-year deal. I think he's going to sign the one-year deal with Houston again, but uh, that was nice. It was a good thought. I a band back together. As a Sox fan, I do not want him coming close to the division. I don't want to play him 20 times a year, but... It would it would definitely make the Tigers a fun team to watch. They uh they got hot after the break last year. Oh, they were five hundred team after the All Star break, a little over. Let's see, high hopes for uh, this year. Take a step in the right direction. No, uh, yeah, yeah, no. I was just gonna say, like, I saw a rumor that Correa wants he wants like the bag that similar to Lindor, and I was just looking at their their stats. Um, they're like essentially identical hitters. Like Lindor's uh, or Correa's career total is two seventy seven, three fifty six, four eighty one. Lindor two seventy eight, three forty three, four seventy eight. Wow. So they're like very identical, and I guess maybe like Lindor was always a flashy fielder, so he always, like people always said the glove. But There's now the Lind- flash, yeah. Lindor, I mean uh, Correa, has his um his glove. Obviously, it's arguably one of the best in the league. And I don't know. It's um, it'll be interesting to see what if the Tigers pursue it. But yeah, I think it could I, be. I, I wouldn't. I, if I were a Tigers fan, I wouldn't be upset if they paid him a lot to come. It's a guy you're not gonna you're not gonna get. Yeah, and it's like, a guy. It's a for sure guy. And you, especially with that young core, it's a it's a good thing moving forward. I think now would be the time to abso- do that. Absolutely. You like know. that's that's where teams. Teams will make a splash when their guys are going to start coming up because yeah. it's a guy who can, like, mentor these guys. Who's I mean, Correa is one of the best winners in the whole league, and and he's a beast. So if you have him mentoring like Torkelson and those guys, like, it's I think it'd be the perfect move for the Tigers. But I yeah I agree, and I think something about baseball: the guys that get those huge contracts, the constant about them is they have the highest floors. It's not a. It's not really about the ceiling because a ton of guys have super high ceilings. It's about that guy that you know his yeah. floor is league average. You know, so you will never be getting a player whether it's yeah, whether like he's the slow. hope is he'll be in your lineup for the next X amount of years. Yeah, and you know that even if he's only even if he gets off to a slow start at the dish, you know, and he's only hitting you know two thirty two forty. He's saving you runs left and right in the field, or if he's if he's botching botching some easy plays like Lindor early in the year was having some some yips in the field. You know he's still going to give you that spark on offense. You know, yeah. so you get you're willing as a team all these advanced stats is the guy that will be, you know, way to run, runs created plus a hundred and up, even if they're not giving you the Tatis month, the month where. You know, Tatis hits you know eighteen homers. You know stuff like that, but it's it's all about having the highest highest floor. And I think Correa is one of those guys. I think Corey Seager is one of those guys who is another big free agent. Trevor, Trevor Story. Story, yep, those when, those three are Baez. I mean. Obviously, that's where Baez is different. That's why teams have been hesitant to give Baez that huge contract because his floor. It's low. Yeah, it's not. He's not consistent. The other, those three guys. I mean, you're never like we're never gonna see this again for a while, at least. I should say, like, three three shortstops in their prime, and then 
Javi, who in a lot of years is probably the best free agent at shortstop, mm-hmm. but this year is like the fourth. So teams teams that are looking for pieces are gonna they're gonna have the opportunity to get them. It's just are they gonna? I'm curious to see who the first one is to sign because I want to see what the number is. Yeah, because that that that's, that's, that's gonna market. that's gonna determine the market. But and I mean Simeon will probably get get his too and. One thing, one thing about Correa he's going home. back, why I think he's going to go somewhere different is the um, Astros just gave Verlander twenty five million dollars for this season, yeah. and they got those other guys that they're paying. So it could, it'll be, I don't know if they're they're going to be able to afford Correa at thirty a year, but yeah, we'll see. I mean, yeah, it'll be interesting how it all shakes. It's out. also it's also interesting him and Altuve because those guys are those guys are best buds. They've played as many or more than any other shortstop second base duo in postseason history and they're both up there in postseason home runs like they have they have put together one of the best stretches especially from the Astros who were a poverty franchise but like they were a triple a team at once when they moved from NL to AL for a couple years and then they built with Altuve Correa you get Bregman you know those guys JV Morton they were just a pitching factory but it'll be interesting because there's so much history there when a guy that has never been, you know, disgruntled in his position and he's c- close with a lot of guys on the team, it's always in- it, the free agency I think is always a lot more interesting, you know, where it's not like okay, this guy has wanted out. He hasn't been happy. He's been winning. Those are his guys, but you know, when it's the chickens come home to roost and he wants as much money as he can. So yep. we'll see. I'm excited about Simeon. I think Simeon's gonna come back to come back to the Sox and he just had the greatest another guy we haven't even mentioned. We had Sal Salvador Perez had the most homers a catcher ever hit. Simeon had the most homers that a second, second baseman. baseman's ever hit. And Otani as a pitcher, you know, yeah. it's we saw three of the best position player seasons we've ever seen at the respective positions and none of those guys even sniffed you know any postseason glory yep it's crazy that's that's baseball though it's it's a marathon um it'll it will be in this is one of this is in my in my memory this is the gonna be the most interesting free agent market i've ever seen and one last thing about it is i, I forget who it was there was there was an article written about how Major League Baseball, they they have done things. Uh, this is speculation, but there was some backing behind it. A couple years ago was a huge um, free agency class for starting pitchers. This year, the big thing is shortstops, position players, right? So they were saying that, you know how they were, they said that they kind of, unjuiced the balls this year like the balls weren't as giddy up as they had been the last couple years so what they were saying was for the year that the year before the season prior to the free agency for the pitchers they juiced the balls so that these pitchers that were going to be due you know 200 300 million would their numbers would not be as good because guys would be taking them yard guys would be slashing way better against them and you pump those ERAs from 253 up to 35 and 4. And then this year they kind of, you know, took away from the balls and made the you had the spider tack in for the pitchers 
you had the balls were not flying out as much, and it's a it's the hitters you know coming for yeah, free agency. So they're interesting. They are possibly, and it makes sense because ba- Major League Baseball is they're weird and they are money grubbers and they're you know those old suits that that it's all about money how they treat the minor leaguers you know it's all I mean it all is but it's driven by money so to see it it makes a lot of sense you know so they they, manipulating it so now the the position players stats would be down ahead of their big you know signing deals yeah um yeah that's that's gonna be I'm sure the reps at the MLBPA I've been looking into stuff like that and there's, oh, yeah. there's rumored to be a lockout in about three weeks here so it, it'll be interesting to see what happens and um yeah I'll, I'll be keeping an eye on everything yeah for sure and uh with that with that talk of a lockout we'll uh we'll leave it there and we'll jump into college football so getting towards the end of the season yeah what 11 <laughs> weeks in everyone's yeah. played 10 games and I think this is the most I think we have the most teams still in the run for a playoff spot than we've ever had in, in the playoff era. In the playoff era, for sure. Absolutely. I mean, Absolutely. you have three Big Ten teams. You have, obviously, your two SEC teams. You have Notre Dame, who's always, you know, hanging around. You have your first group of five team that we've that we've seen in Cincinnati. We got a Pac-12. It is, it is, a, it is a nice field to see. Um, I'm looking at the uh, the top what is this the top ten or fifteen um, teams with the highest chance to get get a spot in the four and it's it's a mixed bag you know Pitt is in the top fourteen yeah Pitt. and, and well, they Wake got, Forest yeah they got too. Wake yeah. right ahead of them and it it's cool to see obviously this year is objective objectively down in terms of you know we're not seeing that. 2019 LSU, that 2020 Bama, those kind of teams just dominating. But it's I like it. I like this parody, and I like that we are in for three or four absurd weeks of college football ahead of us. Yeah, I mean, we got a great weekend this weekend. Uh, we got, obviously, Ohio State, Michigan State mm-hmm. in, in Columbus, which is going to be great. Um, Michigan, who's also in that conversation, they have uh, – Maryland this weekend. I think at Maryland shouldn't be too crazy. Um, the really the only one you can cement in that we talked about this last week is Georgia. Like they have a ninety nine plus percent yeah. chance. Even if they slip up against Bama, they're in. They're in. The only way is they lose. They lose one and then they lose the SEC championship. And I just don't see they, that. They have pro- yeah, obviously the the supercomputers have that as less than one percent chance of happening. It's getting interesting. It is. I mean, when it's coming down the line, like, where are they valuing teams week in, week out? Who's going to jump who? You know, like, we see this every year where there's, like, I remember when, like, the first years, like, Ohio State jumped TCU Baylor. Mm -hmm. So it's like, okay, already the committee has this precedent where they value the rigorous, like, Big Ten schedule or the SEC schedule over the Big 12. I mean, I don't think we've seen a one-loss Big 12 team get in. I think the teams with Kyler and Baker have been undefeated. Mm-hmm. And Hurts, Were was they? he? I, th- I feel like... Um, or was Hurts one loss? I feel like there have been... I think Hurts might have been one. Um, Kyler, I feel like maybe two. But I think Baker might have been undefeated. I'm not sure. I'm not sure on that, though. 
But it, it'll be well. One team I've been wanting to mention in all of this that's going under the radar is Oklahoma State. Yeah, yeah. they have a very clear path to get in. It's tough because they gotta they gotta beat Oklahoma and then probably play Baylor in the uh, Big Twelve Championship. So that's two. It's gonna be better two. than both those. Teams. Yeah, that's yeah. what I mean. You they're, also need so, a little help from Baylor to like, you know, keep. Keep going. Keep going. Like, I these teams got to be able to hang around. Keep the resume up. Yeah. I think Baylor is a pretty big game this week. I missed who it was, but Baylor is not. They look good against Oklahoma. I didn't think they looked that good. They've I mean, been, I mean they've, they've been playing good football recently in these last couple of um, weeks. I mean, the Big 12 is, I mean, it's not great, but, yeah, they got uh, Kansas State. That's I seven and three Kansas State. I I think I saw that that was like a pickem. That Bohannon kid, which is crazy, just, but he, I don't think he he was not great. They have they have some good they have some good pieces around in a solid D, but I think Oklahoma State is the best team in the Big Twelve. Yeah. and the Big Twelve is the one conference that really has been I guess the ACC, but really been out of it. You know, not mentioned. It's all basically Cincinnati, Notre Dame on the outside, and then. Big Ten and SEC, you know, for the most part is what the conversation is. But they, the Cowboys, have a shot. They have a they have a twenty six percent chance right now. Yep. So they got those big games ahead of them. Yeah. Baylor and Oklahoma. Yep. Uh, I don't know. I personally, I don't see a Big Twelve team getting in at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I think they're gonna have a fun time playing in the Sugar Bowl this year <laughs> against the probably what will be. The third best SEC team, probably Ole Miss. Yeah, um, yeah. That, jo- with yeah. Georgia and Bama in the you playoff. Could, yeah, you can almost like pencil it. if 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 Oklahoma State drops one of those games, you can pencil them in playing Ole Miss. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it'll be nice though because for the Big Twelve, they also just pick the top two teams that play in the yeah. conference championship. Yeah. No so sorry. that'll be interesting down the stretch. We could get Oklahoma and Oklahoma State week thirteen, and then get it again for the uh, so. I'm curious. So, if Oklahoma beats Oklahoma State, I wonder if it would be Oklahoma Baylor then, or I don't. I don't know how it works, but I guess when when that time comes, we'll see. There's still big games to be played, but yeah, I mean, they are definitely the best shot for the Big Twelve to get a team this year. Yeah, and they obviously do need help because something I something if you told me a month and a half ago that I'd be seeing today, I would have told you you're that shit crazy is that Notre Dame has almost a 50% chance to get in. Yeah, it's I, it's crazy how this season sh- played I, out. I almost I almost forced myself as just a as a huge fan to just not complicate things and keep rooting for this team because I, this team is no good. There's no point in, you know, wasting any energy on on them, but Man, these this last month they've been playing some of the best football in the country. I know they haven't been playing, you know, you know some of the like top 10, 15 teams, but solid solid opponents and they look very good. All mostly without Kyle Hamilton too, yep. their best player. And I, obviously Jack Cohen is still a question mark, but I think it could be it could be a good thing for them it, with this Pine Buckner. <clears throat> and Cohen kind of rotation because it, it gives these different looks that it, it's confusing. You yeah. know, it's confusing to have you throw in Buckner on a third and one. Okay, run, run, run. You drop him back to pass. You know, you already have defenses on, on their heels. 
And so it is crazy. They have a forty-six percent chance right now. They got two awful teams down the stretch. Yeah, they're Jeez, they're they gonna got Georgia Tech at home and then play at Stanford. I mean, knock on wood, they're they're gonna win those two, and it'll be interesting. But one point I wanted to make on them is the reason why they're playing so well is to start the year in those in those absolutely terrible games that we were watching. They were averaging, I think, some like eighty rushing yards a game. Mm-hmm. So that's from Notre Dame teams of the past five years or so. Two hundred. That's, that's terrible. And now, in this whatever stretch that they've been playing great football, it's two hundred a game. So Tyron has looked unbelievable. That's that's night that's night and day, and that's the literally the main difference. Because and now now you know the reason why Cone has looked better is these guys got to account for the run again. Yep. Like and the O line is has started to come to the into their own. The defense has given up a touchdown in two weeks, so it'll be. I mean, they obviously have uh, – there's a lot of work that has to be done by other teams in college football for them to get in, but I, I'm, I'm not going to discredit them. They are playing great great ball right you know, now. You know what would be great? Stanford upsetting Oregon uh, the week before we, we go to Stanford. Yeah. Stanford already beat Oregon. Oh, um, they, um, yeah. That was I think Oregon loss. is just – I don't think they're yeah, going to well, I just that, don't think they're going to make the playoffs. Aren't they – isn't that a pick them? Against Utah, it might Utah be. tomorrow. Yeah. yeah, it's Utah's it's a, a good team. Yeah, so Oregon. Just, everybody, everybody's taking them. taking Utah tomorrow. Yeah, I haven't really been either. That's why looking at this, they got a seven percent chance. So they got less than they're the eighth or the ninth highest odds to get in, which makes sense. No one's. I mean, they're so that's why if you're looking at some of these like some of these teams like a Michigan like a Cincinnati and Notre Dame or an Oklahoma State and Oregon right now is ranked ahead of all of them in the playoff committee but you got to you got to take into the fact that I mean are they really going to win out like no, and the and Pac-12 I, I championship like, means nothing yeah. the thing is is what they do this every year they give the teams that deserve to be up there a chance but then suddenly the last week everything changes because of the conference yep. championship this is where you get to see oh this year we're going to see number 1 play number 2 in the country in the SEC championship game. If you look at that as just a one and two game, I mean, that's a championship caliber game. Yeah. So, and then you got in the Big Ten, Ohio State, who has to play Michigan State this weekend, and then Michigan the next weekend. That's like, what, another top ten games right there. Yeah, that's that's a brutal stretch for Ohio State. So, I think, like, Ohio State is going to be in if they went out. For yeah, sure. and I mean, Cincy, like there is, I don't think Notre Dame's gonna be able to jump Cincy. Like they lost to him. See, I've I've had this feeling, and it it doesn't make me feel great just as a football fan, but I think if Cincy drops one, oh if, yes, if yes, Cincy yes, drops yes, one, yes. and the the path is clear for Notre Dame, they win out. There's some chaos in the Big Ten, right? Notre Dame will get that spot over Cincy, both one-loss teams. Yes. Even even though Cincy beat them head-to-head and – Cincinnati, they will burn that. They will they, burn it to the ground. But you can't. I mean, that was what two months ago. And Cincinnati has slept walked the last month and a half. They're not. They're Almost playing. They're playing Tulane. terrible football. They didn't right even now. play well against Notre they're, Dame. I, we just I played think, terrible. I think Cincinnati might lose to SMU yeah. tomorrow. Yeah. So I think that. Yeah. Like you can't. I'm not. I'm not concerned about Cincinnati really as much. The whole, the thing that could be chaos is, so Alabama drops that game. Or the SEC championship, Georgia's they're sitting thirteen and zero. I mean, 
it's people, everybody thinks Ohio State's going to win out, but I mean, that's got to be the hardest stretch of schedule in the country. You go Michigan State, Michigan, Wisconsin, pretty much. It's three yeah, in a row. Wisconsin's trending up. That's what I'm saying. So, their defense is, in some aspects, been better than Georgia these last four or five weeks. Yeah. Pending pending outcome tomorrow, you go 9-1 Michigan State. Michigan will probably be 10-1, and, and then Wisconsin will be... Nine and three. There's so and much. That, there's so much shakeup that could happen, but that's yeah. what's so exciting. About exactly. It. It's just like you said. I mean, Ohio Lock State's got up. two big games. And if and if Ohio State finishes that stretch, that's one of the most impressive things. They got to be the two seed, no matter Only if one Alabama have, beats uh, Georgia. No, I think Ohio State's got to be the two seed. I, that was a yeah. point I I wanted to make was they would have to jump Bama with three consecutive wins against top 10, 15 teams in the country when. Other than that LSU team that that after it was all said and done, they were jump fifteen them if and they 0. Win, dude. If they win, Bama will be, uh, Bama will be one. If they beat Georgia, you think? Yeah, for sure. Bama beats Georgia. Be they'll be the one seed. Well, yeah. going in after going it's all into the recent losses. No, That's, I know. Yeah, because they yeah. they yeah. they're going to value is at the end of the season is if Alabama wins. Okay, so they're the conference champion. What does Georgia have? Uh, a perfect regular season record, not a conference championship. I bet they slide down to three because you're not going to see them play. They're going to save that yeah. cha- for the championship. But yeah, ahead you're of, right. Ahead of the conference, that is no matter who deserves it, they're not going to go. Ohio Georgia, State Alabama, will just slide to two. I think gonna, you'd see you'd see Georgia, Ohio State. Yeah, yeah, I think ahead of the ahead of the conference championships, the first the ranking after the when the regular season is done, if Ohio Ohio State should be two, if they if Alabama wins out. And they're a one-loss Bama, a one-loss Ohio State, and Ohio State goes Michigan, Michigan State, Wisconsin, back to back to back in the span of a month. They should, they would be more deserving of the two, which it, obviously it doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, it doesn't yeah, the matter. Two but three is nothing. So yeah, but they would be the they would have they would be deserving of this of the title as the second best team in college football ahead of Alabama. Yeah, I mean. It's it'll be it'll be interesting to see how this shakes out. And another thing, obviously, we're part of the reason that there's so much of this possible chaos, and it will happen. You know, it, the, there will be some games, there will be some some close, there will be some of these teams squeaking out against bad teams, and you know, we'll see we'll see a lot of a lot of deviation in the rankings because that's just how it works. But all of this is because you have. Eight, nine, ten deserving teams fighting for four spots. And one thing I wanted to talk about was Joel Klatt, who, in my opinion, is my he's my favorite um, personality in college yeah, football. I, would, I, would I think agree. most of them are schmucks. Herb Street, he just knows what Fowler. he's talking about. He knows exactly what he's talking about, and he doesn't beat around the bush. And on on Fox Sports, they he did he gave two scenarios of how he would reconstruct the college football playoff and the first one this is my personal favorite and I absolutely love what he did here his 12 team playoff so he did this playoff hypothetically you know for this season if there was a 12 team playoff this would be the four first round games because the top four and it makes a lot of sense the top four get a bye yeah they get a bye. This would be the games we would see. And we would see A&M and Michigan in Ann Arbor. 
we would see the OSU Cowboys go into Lansing to play Michigan State. They've probably never played before in, no. in history. You'd see ND Oklahoma re, 2012 rematch in, in uh, wherever the hell in, in Norman, Pullman, in Norman, Norman, in Norman, Norman. Pullman. And this one is pretty hilarious. We'd see Wake Forest taking the track <laughs> to Cincy. See, and <laughs> that's what I was getting into the last time, like saying like these games you don't see, not only just like not just like watching the teams play. But for the overall experience, like, in these cities. Like, imagine someone, like, fans from Stillwater, Oklahoma, coming up to, like, oh, yeah. Michigan's capital. The caravans. The caravans I mean, just through the country. College just Station. In, How well does like, the 12th yeah. man travel? Yeah. Do they yes, come up bro. to Michigan? In, in, like, January, too. They'd like, be looking. Yeah, those it would, are, ama- yeah, those are the, outdoor the, games. The yeah. interstates would look like military caravans. Yeah. When you see, you know, they're all... They're all moving the military equipment. <laughs> it would just be, you know, Sooner Nation the going ND down, faithful, going, going down, normal, going down going sixty. Norman. Yeah, and so, and then it would be. This is last week. It would be winner of Oklahoma ND would go play Georgia. Sparty and uh, the Cowboys go to Tuscaloosa. Since wow, if Cincy, Cincy, Ohio State, that would be well, epic for be, the state of well, Ohio. Well, see, these wouldn't be like that. These would be those would be neutral site games for sure, because that's just like your regular play. Yeah, yeah, it would be it would be what the that's just the, the Sugar Bowl. It would and, be like uh, the, it would be like oh the yeah, Sugar yeah, yeah, Bowl, true, the Fiesta. Because yeah. yeah. that's what my that's always been those my would be argument the bowl for eight is like. Aid is just accepting another round of games because there's already the infrastructure and the venue set up to do that. Like this year, if it's eight, it's like, oh, first round games at the Peach Fiesta Rose Sugar. They go down to four. Orange Cotton Championship already has the venue. Like the infrastructure is already there for yeah, eight. Yeah, yeah. And that's why I like, I do like it for that because it's already set up and it's just. Hey, let's just double the teams, which is like a reasonable thing to do. Double the teams to oh my god, eight. Yeah, it's so many. Crazy teams. another yeah. round of games, or like what Joel Klatt and what we were just talking about. You know, you go to the twelve, get it to grow the game. You know, maybe see like different fan bases in different cities, and then then you get it, down to your your eight, and you have your venues there. Yeah, if and, I mean that's what I if they could figure it out logistically, it would be great for college football because so many more fan bases would buy in because. A lot of these teams, like these Wake Forests and these Oklahoma States, that have just their 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 fans are sitting there like I mean you're starved. We have, we have starved. no shot. They're getting like, excited yeah. for Ex- the Fiesta Bowl. Exactly, right. like, like they, and that's sad. Like Pitt as a talented quarterback and Kenny Pickett, he is on a national spotlight, like he will be, like for the draft. He's a high prospect at QB. Him and in Pitt should be in like the conversation. Yeah, like for the twelve team, which they absolutely are. They wouldn't be in it right now. But if they look at their path, they ACC go, hey, championship. we got to play Wake Forest, and essentially the winner of that gets into the 12-format yeah. playoff. And that it it would make so much sense, too, for the Power 5 yeah. conferences. You Those Baylor-Oklahoma game, or the Baylor-Oklahoma State game and the Oklahoma State. Winning in. Winning, you got a spot. That makes got these spot. last two weeks exciting. And the championship, you get two of those teams to play again. I mean, it would be so much better for the sport, and it's so easy to say, but and I get that it's a lot to accept, but in 12, you might not want to do that, but 8 is right there. Yeah, I and it's right there. Yeah, and I also think it's like the amount of – now with with gambling becoming just almost nationwide and uh, these online gambling sites, and it's just becoming 
wagering is just exploding. I saw, like, the state of New Jersey gambled over a billion dollars in the month of October. And it's like everyone loves gambling on college football, right? Those playoff games see some of the some of the biggest purses in in the year of sports, in American sports. So you're if you're if you're college football and you're these, you know, big the big corporations surrounding it, it's like we're doubling the amount of games, how much more money these would bring, you know, FanDuel and DraftKings and Barstool and these sports books that are that are weaving themselves into the the picture of college and professional sports. I mean, there's a points bet commercial every break and yeah. you know for the and it's it's be, gambling is becoming synonymous with professional sports where it's acceptable and it's promoted, you know, like oh, you got action on this game, like that's good. It increases viewership and I think that's a whole other element of this. Obviously for most fans, it's about the team and gambling's a ancillary part. You might dabble, but it just it it makes so much sense where I don't know that I'm I'm understanding what the what the standstill is and what the the reservation is of expansion. And you can say, yeah, I, there's a lot of money to be made like from that angle. And if you were to think about it, so you go to these 12, 12 teams, you got you got some some ran, like random kids from Wake Forest, like they have way more of an ability to profit off that with the NIL too. It's like, oh, here's your 2021 college football quarterfinalist, Wake Forest Demon Deacons yeah. making local TV. You know what I mean? Like it's such an easy thing to sell because a lot of these towns are all just massive college towns that just love their school. And if they in Oklahoma State, like Pol- you don't think Pullman, Oklahoma is going to be promoting uh, whoever? <laughs> Norman, <laughs> yeah. Norman, Oklahoma. <laughs> is that which ones? Which ones? Which? Bedlam is Oklahoma State, and Norman is Be- Bedlam's. Oklahoma. Bedlam's the name of the game. Yeah, though. Bedlam's no, the name of the game. Was, I, we no, had this conversation last year. It's Stillwater. Is it? Stillwater. State. It is yeah. Stillwater. Yeah. Bedlam is the game. Yes, yeah. that's right. I remember I we had this Norman, conversation though. last year about Bedlam. Bedlam. But uh, but it's still like these kids can make money off of it too. Yeah, you yeah. know what is an interesting thing with the with the rankings that I saw that will have implications this year. Mm-hmm. The Rose Bowl. If Ohio State does what Ohio State does, year in year out, they're in the playoff. Right. So what I find interesting is you will see Michigan and Michigan State at the end of the line with the same record at ten and two, and Michigan's already been valued higher than state. And so I think you'll get to see Michigan in the Rose Bowl this year, but it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. Yeah. I mean, the other one will still get an at-large bid for sure because mm-hmm. they're, they're for sure three of the best, what, 14 teams, uh, 10 teams, 12 teams. I, I mean, yeah, 12 teams. They're for sure top 12. But I, I just found that interesting. Like, they'd get the nod over because they're ranked higher. Whoever's ranked higher. It might be state at the end. I don't know. Uh, State could win this weekend, for all I know. I don't think it'll happen. 20-point dogs. What do I know? <laughs> seven versus seven verse four is so 20-point game. Um, this is so a Heisman the Rose Bowl, game. I, a, I have yeah. a question yeah. on CJ that. So Stroud. the Rose Bowl, the way it works, it's always big-time Pac-12, right? Yeah. Yeah. So what the hell would the Rose Bowl do if Oregon makes the playoff? Put some like It's going to be a terrible game. Utah. Like They've yeah, done it I before. Mean, I remember TCU played Wisconsin in it. Oh, yeah. They've done it where it's just like, whoa, you couldn't get a single guy in there. I yeah. think that was when Oregon played Auburn in the 
in the uh, Natty. I think it was that okay. year because no one was. 2014. Or it could have been 2014 when they played Florida State. And either way. Oh, Florida State, had, Oregon, the yeah, James. they had the James, no other viable James, option. Uh, backward but yeah, that's what, I mean, over. recently in the last seven years, it's literally the only team with a pulse in the Pac-12 is Oregon. So if they, And they, they haven't been making the playoffs, so. It, they've, and it's always made for a good Rose Bowl. But yeah, this it was year, 2011. I mean, it was 2011, so it was when they played Auburn. Yeah, but, yeah, I don't know. I guess they just didn't have, like, a another viable option. And they don't this year either. No. <laughs> Who's their next one in the polls? I know? couldn't tell you. Probably Utah. Probably is. Hey, they could pick up a big win against the Probably Ducks. Probably Utah. They could pick up a big win against the Ducks. Yep. But, yeah, the Pac-12 is – it's sad because there's – I mean, Stanford has a history. USC is obviously one of the most storied franchise or programs in college football but it's kind of more like that conversation we've had about all the slander that comes to nd for their schedule and how we play these teams every year right and it's like it's not notre dame's fault that the teams that they used to be huge rivals with are no longer good you know it's tradition it's not our fault that you usc is inept now you know that that's still a good game. That's a game we play every year. It's not our fault that them and Stanford can't hold their own and we go and we play USC and beat them by 25 and they're like, oh, USC sucks. That's on them. You know what I mean? And and so it is – obviously I don't sympathize with USC being bad ever, but it would be – it would make things a lot more interesting. Like you look at these these rankings and the only team – even close to west is Oregon in the west western part of the country. Yeah. So yeah, no, it's I mean, football is way way down. And some of the bad I mean, that's that's a recruiting hub is California oh, and like Southern Gorman California, Las Vegas, like Matter Day. Yeah, all Bo- of those John Bosco. All of those kids are out there and they're not staying. They're they're leaving Cal- like football out west is is not in a good place right now, but I mean, who cares? I, I could care less. About I know it was kind of <laughs> like dissolve and think about it. I mean, yeah, they're, they're come come to obsolete. come and play it's for think Notre they have the alliance Don't go don't go to USC. Though. It's similar they with how it's similar to how Chicago is a basketball mecca, but all of those kids, all of those Chicago-grown kids, they leave. Yeah. You know, I think it's going to change with Illinois being being relevant now. But it's like we got these great kids from from you know Morgan Park and Simeon, and all these kids are going to the Northeast, and you know, in the SEC, and and it's uh, it's a shame because I think back in the day, kids were a lot more inclined to to stay around home and go to your state school, you know, stuff like that. And you're see, you saw, you've seen it in basketball where the top players from Chicago, which is arguably the best place for college ba- for college basketball recruits, you know, Chicago basketball is different up there with like New York and also Southern California. Um, I think kids will start staying. A little more often with Illinois, you'll see more like more of the IOs, you know, going at a Miller. But these kids, Southern California, which is probably the best, it's Texas, Florida, Southern California. And kids in Texas, they're either Texas, Oklahoma, Alabama, you know, they're going SEC. Yeah. Florida, SEC, maybe ND snag some of those recruits or they go to other schools like that but very few of these southern cal kids are staying close to there they're all going 
Texas and Oklahoma and Auburn and Bama and Georgia, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll be, um, yeah, it'll be an exciting um, couple of weekends. And, uh, yeah, excited, excited for college football ahead. Definitely. It's, it all, this is all, there's always a little lull where there, you might get two or three games on the slate that you're interested, you know, interested in. But these, the last month, things just, just go nuclear ramp and, up and they ramp up completely. So we're in for some good games. Um, Notre Dame will not really have, they don't really have anything left. They're always in the mix for a new year's six bowl. You know, they're always in the mix for it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But so probably play like a, a nice at large team this year. Yeah. It could be Notre Dame will miss maybe Pitt. No, it'll be, uh, it'll no, be, it'll be ND Georgia. Yeah. I hope part round three. Yeah. Uh, a little Heisman talk here. Uh, we got a big game this weekend, just Bryce Young versus Kenneth Walker. Uh, who's going to come out on top of that? I think it's a pretty defining. Well, Stroud versus Walker this weekend. Yeah, is that not what I said? Oh, you yeah, said Bryce, Bryce Young. Young. Well, yeah, my bad. Yeah. I meant Stroud versus uh, Walker. It's going to be a big game. Uh, implications, obviously, for Heisman and playoff. But the voters are watching. They are. I mean, these are the games that get valued. The down-the-stretch big games. Mm-hmm. Uh I mean, they both have opportunities to cement themselves, have those Heisman moments, uh, and just cement themselves. But uh, Pickett, still in the mix. I mean, Pitt wins out, ACC champion, maybe ACC player of the year. Yeah, I think I think he's probably even going to get – he's probably going to be the first QB taken. Yeah, he might. Yeah. I think so no, I, I like yeah. him. They have he's Davis, tough. What, what's his name? Uh, the guy from Liberty. Malik Willis. Malik Willis. Yeah, he's yeah, that's there. like he might even be projected one. On yeah. I, I'm sure. I'm forward. sure Todd McShay's got him. Got five QBs getting taken. One. If it's five. Mel Kiper, he probably just likes his hand size. Yeah. You know, he's, <laughs> he's all over that in high motor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, three cone drill. But uh, Corral is still in there too. I think personally, the best opportunity to for a single player to win this Heisman is C.J. Stroud. Yeah, I, was, yes. I was gonna because he. If he puts up even solid, or if he puts if he puts together three good games and three wins, I think he'll be the front runner. I think if Walker has even half the game he had against Michigan and State somehow pulls up the miracle, it'll be his to lose. Yes, and, absolutely. And I mean, it's crazy because because Bama they always do this. They're either the greatest team of all time. Or they get a loss and they're kind of on the back burner of whoever the other best SEC team is, which yeah. they've been because Blake Blake Sims Alabama yeah. team, yeah, and, <laughs> yeah, and it's like oh, you kind of tune out from them. They're like oh, they won by sixty this week against you know Vandy or something. But yeah, Bryce Young is having an incredible year, and it's not even he's he's not even you know I haven't considered him uh, as one of the guys I need to see week in and week yeah. out because it's just like oh. Another, like he was like twenty for twenty one with five touchdowns last week at one point. Who did like, they play? Oh, they played the uh, the the Citadel or yeah. I mean yeah. that's why uh, these Alabama guys like I don't watch them that much because like they're playing Southern Mississippi every third week. And so I guess right now they got Bryce Young at one seventy five. Uh, they got C J Stroud at plus two twenty five. Okay. Kenneth Walker at plus three fifty. Matt Corral at plus seven hundred. And Kenny Pickett at plus twenty five hundred, and that's pretty much just who's in the mix. Twenty five to one, Kenny. Yeah, I, I think mean, he'll remain relevant in just the conversation because I think he's just 
might be the best quarterback prospect. Yeah. And he's it, just yep. Pitt has S- Pitt could be an ACC pool. champion, you know. Um yeah, it's, it's a lot of big games, a lot of Heisman opportunities down the road. Yep. And it's funny because going in going into this year, uh there was a lot of talk about Ritter, you know, come back since he he's I think he's he's up there top three all time in wins for he Division One. Tre- he's plus five thousand. He's trending. I think I think I actually saw he's he might have last week become the winningest quarterback in history in D one. What? Yeah. <laughs> that damn. And, I mean, I guess that's credit to him. Like, and because he's been there, they got to be. But play, I think but. a a big part and the big talk about Cincy after that great year they had last year was if they want to have a shot this year. Desmond Ritter is going to go off, you know, and like you said, he's fifty to one right now, and since he is well in the mix, you uh-huh. know, they've been doing it without their their, their defense is incredible. Their marquee player, yeah, not really. He's been solid, but solid is solid, you yeah. know. He hasn't been. You don't win especially, the Heisman, especially being with solid. who they play. Like you would think, like if 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 he was legit, like that, he would be going. Oh yeah, putting up these numbers like these other guys, them. like are, the yeah. like how you do when you get those dog. Those dog day games, you pad the stats because yep. that's that's how college football works. Yeah, their dog day games are playing Tulane and almost losing. So exactly. I don't yeah. know if they're really experiencing yeah. that too much. Yeah, true. They're in. They just get into dog fights every week. They're similar. You know, they remind me of the uh, the twenty twelve ND team where it's like, oh, go to Purdue and squeak one out because you throw in Tom, you t- you bench Golson and in the fourth and throw in Tommy Reese and he yeah. just leads a uh, 75 yard drive and punch it in and just, you know, just stay alive, just staying alive, treading water. Yeah. It's, I mean, my hope for Cincinnati is that they, they don't, they don't play Georgia at that four spot. They, they, they they're going to get absolutely boat raced, but they might, they probably match of they, last year's sugar bowl. That game, since he had that game one for 50 minutes, that was an absurd game, yeah. and that was George Pickens was unbelievable that game. He made a couple unbelievable he, catches. He was that supposed comeback. to be the best receiver in football this year. I know, and he's hasn't played a snap. He'll he'll be. Wait, is he a sophomore? I think so. I, I haven't seen any NFL hype around him because so. he hasn't been playing. Yeah, but yeah, that's another. Yeah, but since he, if they yeah if they have to play Georgia, that'll be. Very bad because George is way better than last year, and in my opinion, since he, not Worse. taking anything away, but I, since he impressed me much more last year, and this is an ND fan that watched us go down to since he by like, like they dominated the game for most of it, you know. Yep. But so um, should we move on to some NFL? Yeah. Talk. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, God, the Rams, Monday night, two straight yeah. weeks getting washed. Like this. I think we might have been a little too early. Like they, it's Odell. Odell. You it's gotta, Odell. The Rams' Cancer. philosophy, it's always been just like, all right, we're, we're getting names. Like Dominican Sue, Jalen Ram, all these names. It's like, I don't know, that works to an extent. Like they, they, win, they win decently in the regular season, but like, I don't know. They, they made that Super Bowl in 2018. I mean, this is a different team. It's more explosive. That was the worst was, Super Bowl I've ever seen. Yeah, it was, that was terrible. With Stafford, I'm, obviously they're – Way more explosive on offense, and Cup's been a monster. But like, I don't know the the Henderson's fine. They would be better with. I think we're getting too worried, in my opinion. You You know, when you're gonna bring in stuff like that and get all that spotlight, all that attention, it like puts a lot of pressure on them. And 
A seven and three football yeah. team, ten games through in a seventeen game schedule. They're also like, not winning their division though. No, they, they're, they're gonna a go game, and play they're that a wild game card behind. Game? They're a yeah. game behind in the division. They need. I mean, what's it called? It depends. I mean, Kyler's health is obviously important. They could definitely race, go win that one. I mean, they definitely their, their, their second the, game against the, the division. Cardinals. Yeah, like, yeah, that's gonna be a big game. Fully he- fully healthy, are the Rams better than the Cardinals? I think as a football team, yes, I do. I would say no. I think they I think, Cardinals, I, think, I think Cardinals have a better defense. I think the Rams will win in L.A. Cardinals have a play. stacked roster, too. Yeah, they, they're loaded. They but, were projected to finish bad this year, and I could not believe it. I was like, they had J.J. I, I don't Watt, think people expected, uh, what's it called, Kyler to do it, like yeah. make the stop that he did. But He was an MVP favorite for a while before he yeah, got injured. For yep. five, six weeks. Yep. But um, Dallas looks like a really good football team this year. Dallas is very good. That I mean, you're talking about fluke. the Cardinals, who are eight and two. You know who's right there with them? Seven and two Cowboys. Yep. And one of those eight losses and two was Packers. getting and dismantled you could, by the. You Broncos. could see the Cowboys being sitting there at fourteen and three. Like, I mean, what are they gonna? They, they gonna still trip have, up against the Giants? They like, still have not. a bunch of their division games. Yeah, left I know. Their they division won. again sucks. They won their tough games. They got to go play the Eagles again, who they beat by thirty. I don't know. Points. They got, the, they they got this the Chiefs week, this week. If they beat the Chiefs this week, and then they got the Cardinals. They at could home. go. They could win out and be in conversation for the one seed. Yeah. Which should, I mean, Dallas before the season rough. started, whoever whoever bet Dallas to win the NFC, like, or yeah, yeah, I that mean, could be nuts. I love Dak. Yeah, he's, he's, the, he's the man. He's having he's an the awesome man. year too. He's just remind. He just gives me like he's the big man on campus. He's a he's an absolute just unbelievable leader. Since the and he's one of those guys like I think that's a big difference between him. Obviously, he's been around for a while now, and a lot of these other young quarterbacks. You do not see those like leadership qualities from such a young quarterback. Where they're able to, they're still young and they're one of the younger guys, but they're able to take these other guys under yeah. their wing and and you know like CD and even Zeke and and be able to influence them positively. Like so many of these young quarterbacks are just so concerned with their next pass, you know, or their next set, what the what the game script is, not throwing picks to where they can't focus on you know being a vocal leader and. I mean, he came in. That was an, when he came in for Romo and just lit it up. And yeah, that was the best it? the Cowboys been have been four, since five seasons now. Yeah, five. yeah. I, I and mean, he's missed one. Dak, Dak comes across to me as a guy who it's like we see it all the time with these NFL quarterbacks where they're just going to be around for twenty years. Yeah. Dak, Dak's got ten at ten more seasons in him and just going to like Hall of Fame. You know what I mean? Just a guy like. Who could be? I depending on what he's they built win. for longevity. Depending too. on what they win, I mean, I'm he, just that's what I was gonna say. I'm glad the team's taking the step to like winning though, because it's like that's yeah. always been his thing. Is like okay, he's talented, Matt Ryan. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, are they gonna win Matt anything? Exactly. Is he gonna win any accolades? And this year, right now, he's sitting in maybe even the driver's seat for MVP. He's definitely up there. Yeah, I mean, if they go 14 there. and three, yep, best with, record. He's, I mean, he's got. I think, well. Stafford has regressed a little bit these last two weeks. So I would have said Tom. I would have said him, yeah. and so is Tom. So it's and Kyler hasn't been playing. Exactly. So yeah, Dak, Josh Allen. The, p- the past the story is, is writing itself yeah. right now for Dak in the and comeback season to win MVP. Like it's awesome. I mean, uh, yeah, Allen's. I mean, there's there's so many guys there this year. Like there's and the Bills are still rolling. Stretch so. of the season. Who's gonna win? Who's gonna Who's gonna win towards the end of the season? Yeah. MVP. 
Well, just like when it comes down to it, like it's about winning. It's a it's a winning award. Yeah, it's, it's normally it's kind of like you have award. that. It's le- it, that Heisman moment, you know, yep. where it's it's similar, where you win some gritty games late in the year, where you're try for the division or for that home field advantage. You know, if Dak throws for because there was it seemed like the last. 20 games he's played and he's thrown for 400 yards like every week he's thrown for 400 yards and a couple scores if he's doing that you know late in the season clinching that one seed he's the MVP you know what's you know what's unfortunate is that if with the with what the Titans are doing now if Henry didn't go down yeah he could have been right there in the MVP race too which is like I mean it's like unheard of for for a non-quarterback to win like it's, it was it. I'm curious to see because it's definitely a running back who the last one to win it was. Was it AP probably won? Yeah, it he did. Year. I think he was it 2012. I know he lost up. Didn't he lose to uh, Peyton Manning when he broke the? Uh, it's Peyton probably the, that it, was a different. It, yeah, if you had to bet, it's probably Adrian is, Peterson. 20 but, what was that 2013 was Peyton's the greatest quarterback season of all time. Yeah. Yeah, because 2012 was the night. He won MVP in 2012. 2012 AP? AP. Yeah, that's that was right. the 2000. That was, because that was when he came back from the ACL. That was when he was, what, like 10 yards short, 12 yards short? Dickerson? Nine. Nine. Jeez. Wow. People forget um, that came down to as an MVP. That so came down to the Packers on a, on a Sunday night, I think, was in week 17. Nine yards short. Like, And we'll just picture this. If if Henry doesn't get, what, the, the Jones fracture or whatever in his foot, with the seventeenth game and the way their Titans are playing, another two thousand yards. Henry, season. Henry, probably. I mean, you can't say probably, but it's a good shot that he breaks Dickerson's record. And it's like, all right. Granted, there's an extra game, but I mean, he would have been right there in the MVP talk for sure. And he would have been. Would he be the first player ever with multiple two thousand yard seasons? You're. I don't know. You're probably right. I mean, what has there only been like seven? I mean, Sean Alexander and LT went back to back MVPs in 05 06. Yeah, that was that the was golden when, age yeah, of running back. Exactly. Oh, LT was unbelievable. Yeah. He was an electric horn frog going to the West Coast. Yeah. Number five. Rookie of the year, Mac Jones making things interesting with Jamar Chase. Mac Jones, as much as he got, he got kind of the short end of the stick just because lack of. You know, flashiness or the the athletic ability as you know the the specimen that is you know Trevor Lawrence and and these guys. He, I was saying it. Me and Marty watching the game last night. He is running that offense the same way Brady did. You know, yeah. If the first if the first read down the field isn't there, just no hesitation, find the seven eight yarder and just push the ball down the field. And then as soon as the defense is creeping up, then you take your shot. And he throws a very nice ball. He's very accurate past, you know, 15, 20 yards. He can put it there. And he I, – I was I was getting uh, – I was getting flashbacks of Brady that just short arm slot, just digging him in, eight-yard curls, uh, you know, mid-range crossers. And it's like he's got him rolling. The Patriots are a good team with Mac Jones. Yeah, and he Mac's is the best – Patriots on the move. He's it's, the best court- – it's him and Najee probably, right, for offensive rookie. Jamar. 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 And Jamar, yeah. And Jamar might even be – Yeah, he's ahead of Najee. But what's it called? The Patriots are – I mean, it's just exhibit A. Like, they dr- – so you're looking at this quarterback class coming out. Jones is probably easily the most – I'm not sure what the stats say, but 
what's so far in the NFL that you can see. What they saw, it's like, all right, this guy's probably the most accurate in the class. He's not flashy. Like he prob Jones is probably not gonna fit like some insane window like Lawrence can do or something like that. But he's Into also the defense's hands. It's not gonna so the Patriots are looking at their team construction. They're like, We got a good defense. We need a quarterback that's gonna hit Josh McDaniels dink and dunk offense just and just get the ball to Jacoby Myers yeah. and he'll take care of the rest. <laughs> and he's not gonna throw picks. I mean Jamar he threw, he threw a pick yesterday, but the best odds. Right now he's plus one hundred five. Yeah, Max, I this, is where, this is where Mac Jones will start. He's plus one twenty eight. Might be a little value there. Assuming jo- uh, no assuming Jamar close. doesn't have the uh, have the second half, the same second we'll half. We'll see. It, it, you'll be. It'll be interesting to see those odds if Jamar goes like doesn't have that great of a game Sunday. Then the odds will flip, and then you hammer Jamar. Yeah, to, like because because then if you were if you were to on Friday after Mac Jones's game just. Start hammering rookie of the year bets. You got to wait it out. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but um, yeah, no, the Patriots are smart, and this. I mean, honestly, the rookie QB class. I mean, besides Zach, Zach Wilson's a joke, but the rest, of, like Field, is starting to come into his own a little bit. Fields Lawrence looks good. Lawrence has looked better, and Mac Jones. It's everybody was so quick to condemn all these guys. It's like they're rookie quarterbacks. Like you got to let them play a little bit. I also um, talking about Mac Jones and and last night. Saw something that I I have never seen in my life, which was three quarterbacks threw an interception for the Falcons only, in less only than ten game minutes. Felipe Franks, why is he in the NFL? <laughs> the world may never know. Comes in first first Who pass. The he, that's two weeks in a row that, that a backup idea. Atlanta quarterback has come in the game and yucked a pick their first throw. Oh, and man. I mean, Matty Ice. Matty Ice needs to hang him up. It was sad He's, seeing it. Because I've always liked Matt Ryan. Matty Ice, he is just him and Big Ben. I, it's he, over. He's better, but it's like, dude, you're you're laboring, and it why 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 are you still doing this? Dude? I will I will one thing defend Ryan, where where he's different from where you could say Ben or even Philip, like in that last year with the Colts. I mean, he had duck arm, but Ryan is still an accurate passer. But the situation he's in with the Falcons where – so that you're looking behind him and it's Josh Rosen and Franks are a joke. Their old line is a joke. They can't run the well, ball. So it's like – so you got you got Ryan. He's got to stick in the pocket when he's just getting heat down his throat at all times and make some of these throws. And I, he hasn't been great because he, he can't escape too. But think about, think about the good years he's had. Think about the weapons that he was around those years, you know. Roddy White, who was one of the best receivers of the of that kind of era, then instantly Julio Jones, who's a Hall of Famer, while the greatest tight end of all time, arguably Tony Gonzalez is right there too. True. Now he's throwing to Russell Gage. Yeah. And it's like, is it was Matt Ryan? I think he was he was very good in his day. He won an MVP and went and went to the Super Bowl and should have a Super Bowl ring and and actually have a case for Hall of Fame. You know, if he, ha- if he is that MVP, wins yeah. the Super Bowl that same he year. He is in the Hall of Fame but, if he wins that Super Bowl. But it's like, now, I don't think the line was always, like, ever something to ride home about. Is it, was he always just the product of the weapons he had around him? And now he now he doesn't really have those. And it, I don't know. I don't think I'm it would be better think- anywhere else. Who was the um, Falcons running back on that Super Bowl team? I can't think of it. Was it the, 
Devonta Freeman. It was Freeman, right? Yeah. 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 I think with Ben and Matt Ryan, I think they're just like we'll do the job kind of guys. Like we'll stick around the, until you guys the Steelers, figure it out. Like yeah. they had like the same situation with weapons. Like the guys they had running the ball, like against the Cardinals, like Tony Parker, and then they got like Heinz Ward. I mean, Santonio Millers. Keith Miller. I mean, then the, the even Super like Mike Wallace. Mike Wallace had some yeah, he had very like, good yeah. years. So Antonio he Brown. and he was so good about like getting them the ball. Like Mike Tomlin has a game plan, knows Ben, knows what Ben is capable of doing. Ben did it. Matt Ryan, same way. Like he's like, okay, I'm good enough to get. Matt Ryan has had some of the best, better passing seasons of like this last decade. Yeah. If you look at guys like who were throwing for touchdowns and yards, this guy was th- right up there. I mean, so like they get the job done. I think they had they were they were good QBs, but when you start when they start to get older and the talent around them isn't there, it's just kind of like what are we doing here? Exactly. And, yeah. And, no, it you is. Know, you can find yourself in a situation then like the Chargers who plug in a guy, and you get a lot better. I think it's more so in the Steelers' case. It's been a shame for them that. First of all, they've always beat kind of beat around the bush with some of these court. They're taking like Josh Dobbs in the third round or whatever, and Mason Rudolph's getting taken in second. So it's like they're never going Professor fully Alapisa. in on a on a guy to replace. Because well, they can't. They're always five hundred. Mike Tomlin's yeah. never gone but under five hundred. If they so were you're f- consistently going to pick in the middle, you're yeah. not going to find that's that right. kind of talent. Yeah, but all these QBs true. we're talking about really outside of Dak. We haven't seen anyone drafted well, like wasn't kind of later. Mac that's Jones, been, like, good. Mac Jones was in the middle. Yeah, but I mean, like, really, like, like he's still a rookie 16, too. He's still 16. a rookie too. I'm talking like, and then the last like, like five that have established themselves. Yeah, like, oh, he's a guy days. where this works. Hurts maybe. I guess he's and young though. Is, is that working? Season, is yeah. that working? He's still a project, but I do like Hurts. Yeah, he could work. I'm saying he could. Yeah, no, I I know exactly. It's a good point. Well, yeah, all those all the guys are. First round picks. Like, look at Dak. Dak is an MVP caliber quarterback. Who's he's the exception. One of the best team. He, you're right. He's is he the, the ex- exception. He's the exception it, yeah. to the rule right now. I can't. I mean, I'm thinking, and I can't. I well, can't think of another guy. I would really. just. I would just be curious, like, to look at previous draft class where the Steelers had picked. If they were to find a guy like that, could I mean just be because the Steelers have a good team. Charlie Batch. <laughs> like their <laughs> defense is loaded. Like every year and. Najee now is an animal. Like they've always drafted. That that was my main point. They've always drafted to fill other holes and have never really looked at that quarterback. I mean, Mahomes spot. picked ten. Yeah, I guess. It's not really middle. Yeah. Um as we're on NFL, um, got some breaking news that I don't really understand. It says uh Khalil Mack's season is over. Uh he's gonna have season ending surgery. And I didn't even know he was he was playing this year. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I don't, I don't, I didn't even know that he stepped foot on the field this year. So, I guess he he will not be for the last that, uh, nine. Weeks. Everybody, I think everybody's arguments now about that trade. It's I think both teams lost <laughs> the 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 the, uh, the rare double loss on a trade for both teams. I think last year I I was saying that they won just because Josh Jacobs was a beast and Khalil Mack did nothing and I mean yeah no one has really both teams didn't have, they take didn't they take our net. With one of our picks, or no? It was might have been. I think I feel like they took our net. They took what? They, they the, got they got Jacobs and I think our net. Maybe no, they got the, uh, the Clemson D lineman. Oh, Clellan Farrell. Clellan Farrell, yeah. Who also? Well, yeah. I mean, that's 
That's a whole nother. You could go on a whole. You could talk about twenty minutes how Mike Mayock's been a joke, but for the Raiders, I, I bet he's best friends. I bet he's best friends with Ryan Pace. Yeah, they just no. chop it up on who to take and and how to how they can fail yet again. But yep, that's uh, we we root for some uh, poverty NFL franchises. That's that's what we can. Lions, baby, we tied. <laughs> We can we can you confirm had, that you should have won that game. Obviously, but the Lions did what the Lions do. Santoso, baby, they lionsed it. Yeah, they did lions it. I um, saw a, I saw a stat, and it was all the money that the Lions have paid the different kickers this year. It adds up to be like two million more than Prater's contract. Wow. So it's like why? we could have just kept the guy. Why you don't? Why you don't just? Why teams are just? Well, I shouldn't say just a, a blanket for all teams because a lot of teams do. I mean, the Bears, we haven't – obviously, Santos has been our best player the last two years, but why get rid of Robbie Gold? Why not bring Gold back? You don't lo- look a gift horse in the mouth. You're not going to go find someone better. And Prater is an all-time great, so is Robbie Gold. And then, obviously, there's always a place for those guys in the league because everyone has a kicker you always there. Think Gold, it's Gold so, is such still on the Niners. Like, you think it's such an expendable position. And it's not. It's not. And it's because like, yeah, it always comes back to You're going to find the guy you're going to get is Evan McPherson. Or, <laughs> yeah. like, you know what I mean? Like, just a couple of – I mean, they might be fine, but – Whatever, they're unproven. They're going to miss kicks. Greg Joseph has missed, yeah. like, two game-winning kicks this year for the Vikings. Yeah, and then what? what is Prater? Oh, he's, Cardinals, Cardinals pick him up. Vikings, he's still hitting so. 60 yarders for him, yep. you know? And uh, another thing I, I, I was thinking is the NFL, everyone talk, they own they own a day of the week. Sunday is for NFL. You go to church, watch NFL football. There is a negative headline coming out of the NFL every single week without fail. With this Zach Stacy, obviously he's a former player. Maybe the worst, maybe the worst video I've seen yet of and it's running backs. Running backs love, absolutely love domestic abuse. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, I'm glad I saw today Stacy got arrested. Is, wasn't there like a manhunt for him? I, I, I think he was like on the run in yeah. Florida or something like yeah, that. But they, Obviously, just a Deva- heinous yeah. situation. Devonte Adams tweeted to put him under the jail, and I cannot agree more. That was absolutely. It was disgusting. I don't care what could have. If you haven't seen that, that but, I mean, advised advisory. Yeah, fewer discretion is advised. Yes. But yeah, I mean, at least he was also a dog shit running back in the NFL too. Yeah, so. that guy's a, a dog. He's shit a scumbag. Person. Yeah. yeah. But uh, also this this A B stuff coming out where he's uh fake he's talking to the plug card. about getting a, a fake vaccine card yeah, that was pretty funny. Like loving ID. Yeah. <laughs> I am vaccinated. <laughs> and he yeah. even he even specified in the text that got released, yo, uh Pfizer, like give me a get me a Pfizer. It's fake. like it's like from the bench warmers, the guy who comes yeah. up I and twelve yeah. with in, it, in green yeah. crayon, like Yeah, but it's like it's like you're getting a fake ID and you're like, Oh, what state do you want? It's like you're getting Ooh, a vaccine card. Uh, give me the J&J. Let me get a J&J one. <laughs> J&J is a little cheaper than the Pfizer or the Moderna. Yeah, are you, get, are you getting the uh, the old uh, the old J&J or the new J&J? Yeah. If, if, yeah. I think yeah, they get me just, a booster card, too. I think they <laughs> just did that just to get all the story off of Rogers. Yeah. You know, because he was the big talk. But yeah. uh, now we can switch to Antonio Brown. Yeah, it's, it's pretty funny. Antonio Brown, you know, he's going to. Clowntonio? Yeah. Antonio <laughs> will Antonio. In the, yeah, in the, uh, it's in always the pretty. Of, f- in the words of Shannon Sharp, Clowntonio Brown. Yeah. Well, it's it's funny with Antonio because obviously over the past three years he's been in the news a lot 
more than you want to be as you know a professional athlete because there's a lot almost all of it's been negative but it hasn't been the traditional like DUI or domestic abuse it's been all of just the most comical like his helmet the helmet uh he like sawed off his feet in a in a cryo chamber or yeah. whatever oh yeah like yeah he's just, um, like, i forgot he was, about he was that. like he was i think like, it was just the raiders he was <laughs> he was fading his helmet he was fading like uh 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 what do you call him um i'm blanking on the word caterers like guys that were catering his parties he just wasn't paying them like that was just that was stuff yeah, like, his I, chef leaked the vaccine yeah. <laughs> his chef, that guy. like he is a he's a meme he is a meme and Brady, Brady's literally probably the only guy in the NFL that can control him. <laughs> yeah. Well, you don't mess with Dom. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And he knows that. <laughs> and that that's why. He's he's, like, that's why. Shit, I'm caught. Like he is. He is a. He's not a good. He's kind of a scumbag. But it's always like anytime I see the headline for AB, it's it's you're gonna get a laugh. Yeah. You well, know like, what's he up to this time? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what's next for him, but. Uh, yeah, what, I, what did he lay off his gardener or something? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was yeah. I think he was his landscaping service. He just refused to pay him and and wouldn't pay him. And You'd think a guy with millions in the bank would uh be able to. But pay that him, was but. there was a lot like all at once about him just refusing to pay for like services that he was yeah. you know, enlisting. Uh, whack job. He's in. He's in that house. You guys got any uh, other NFL notes you wanted to make? Lions still suck. Um, Bears suck as well. Yeah. Contenders will emerge. We'll start to get a landscape of the playoffs. You know that home advantage is just so. Yeah, with this, I mean, huge, the exciting huge. part for college football, we'll be, we'll be getting that same jitters in about a month and a half for the yeah. NFL. Football's so. in a good place we're right in, now. Yeah. We're in the best, as I think we talked about before the podcast. This is the for sports fans. This is the best time of the year. Yeah, absolutely. Or March and April. Yeah, and I absolutely I can't get enough of it. You get. You got football on every single night, whether it's college or NFL. Some Tuesday night action. Tuesday, Wednesday, there's game tonight. A couple games tonight. Um, and what's it called? One point. I mean, to move on. How about Tuesday? You got UCLA Gonzaga, one mm-hmm. versus two, and it's it's November. Yeah, yeah. You get <laughs> S- Super Tuesdays back. Yeah, I know. Oh, that's. Basketball. I mean, that just breaking up your week. You got you go Monday night football, then you got Super Tuesday for for hoops. And what Wednesday you can sprinkle in a little match and a little NBA, some NHL. Thursday you're right back at Thursday night football. You get to watch the bowl. You know there's a Bulls game on. Friday you go NBA with um, college basketball. And I mean last football. last Friday Villanova UCLA was that an was overtime. a phenomenal yeah. game. I think there's like five Saturday college football you go college games football. tonight. Like, and and there you go. Sunday you're right back at the NFL. So it's a, it's the best time of the year for sports for sure. And it is. to move to to college basketball, obviously uh we are all flyers and it's it has not been the start that we have that we anticipated no, but just 2 weeks you ago. No, they're young. No, it is it's, it's early but they're I mean I guess you could say Dude, Lipscomb, Lipscomb. <laughs> like yeah, it's a joke. Lipscomb and UMass Lowell, yeah. the other UMass. Like come on. I mean Shout out Danny Mendick. I guess I guess all we we just got to keep rooting for the team, but like, come on, it's gonna be I tough. Mean, we knew that they're young. Like, they're what games are we young. gonna? What games are we going to with this voucher? I mean, <laughs> I what, know. what what one? Hey, at, least, at least at least we <laughs> saw we saw the one win so far. Yeah, I, over the maybe over the, maybe uh, it's our fault. Maybe the touted fault. UIC Flames. This kind of goes into it, uh, but one thing I think that is the biggest determiner and uh, 
college basketball this year. The super senior. I don't know oh, if you've yeah, heard the, that the COVID term year, been thrown the COVID out, year but guy. there are now six-year oh, seniors, okay. yeah. which is in a sport like basketball where mm. it is a, a lot of a one-and-done mentality with some of the best players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What goes under the radar, and Michigan State point guards are the king of this, of staying four years, and Travis the game Trice. just slows down for you. I mean, it's everything. Trice, Wisconsin. Playing at yeah. such a high level like that, and just ha- it's a lot of times paired with a great coach, too, but... And then there's transfers that the like, this Kentucky team is really good, and they have a lot of transfers. You're seeing random teams just have an absolute stud because he's been around for like six years yeah. now with the program. And even if they transferred, it's probably like two. Mm-hmm. That right was there. one. That was one thing that I had completely forgot about that COVID year. Yeah. Because so I was looking at the the box score the other day for Marquette Illinois, and Daryl Marcel plays for Marquette, and he had. The guy from Maryland. He had been at Maryland. I was looking at his stats. He played 35 minutes a game as a freshman. I'm yeah. like, dude, this guy played four years at Maryland. Well, how does he still have eligibility? One of the crazier the things I've heard sense. regarding this was during the Tuesday night tip-off uh, last Tuesday yeah. with Kansas, Michigan State. One of Kansas's, like, the oldest guy on their team. Perry he, Ellis? He, yeah, Perry Ellis <laughs> is still there. He, this guy, Bench I can't coach. remember his name, but he was the counselor. For this true freshman for Kansas, <laughs> the council at the at the camp, He's a like fellow. the summer recruiting camp. Yeah. So like this guy is still in the program, who is counseling the age group of the freshman now. Like that's such an age difference, yeah. and especially with positions like the point guard position. Oh. You know, you're the boss Senior out there, you're slowing down the offense. You know, everyone knows the recipe. And word. then you know, a big guy like you, you see, like Drew Timmy is carving it up oh, out I there. I mean, yeah. the game is just 37 against Texas. <laughs> I mean, it looks effortless for him. I think you're going to see that with a lot of players this year who have already been playing at a high level, but they're just going to because they get an extra year to be great. You know, I wanted to know, talking about these fifth and sixth years, there was a stat last year, obviously Big Ten basketball was absurd last year, and it was great to watch you know, day in and day out. And during one of the, I think it was Wisconsin-Michigan State, they were they had mentioned that the average age of a Wisconsin Badger basketball player last year was older than the average age of the Chicago Bulls. <laughs> wow. The Chicago Bulls were av- averaged a younger starting five than Wisconsin did. Yeah, Patrick Williams and yeah, Kobe White crazy. were both like 19. They were both younger than three of the starters. You know, and Zach Levine was like 25, barely pushing it, and Wendell Carter was like 21. 21. Yeah. And... It was, I think it was by a couple months. And it's like, obviously Wisconsin didn't really make a push last year, but the good teams know that very rarely do these loaded, you know, freshman-oriented teams, do they run the table. Look at Baylor, dude. That That, was an absolute just clinic of college basketball. We were talking, our freshman year, our freshman year three years ago, we were talking about that Duke team as the greatest college basketball team in terms of talent that we had ever seen. And it, and it Cam, might, still Cam, might be. Like, Cam Reddish, Zion Williamson, and R.J. RJ. Barrett. And they got bounced. Yeah. And it's like they that might be the greatest trio of talent that we've ever but seen. But we know, like, we see in March, like, it's a team game. Exactly. And, you know, you're going to see that where, like, do you know, like, how much they like, should have lost to UCF senior is going to, like, help out some of these teams down the stretch. Exhibit, it's going to be unbelievable. Exhibit A, look at Loyola Chicago's success. 
There's yeah. a, a, talk about a team that just literally their brand is playing team basketball, defending and being old. And they've they've had success in March in, in recent memory. So I don't know. That definitely is um well, I, what it is, and Gonzaga is going to be right there again. This, with, I mean, yeah, they might actually do it this year, though. I think if there's any year, it's this year. I mean, Chet Holmgren is so good. Yeah. And pairing him with Drew Timmy, who is just, in my opinion, the best player in college basketball. Um, it's just it's, it's not it's Paolo Banchero. No, <laughs> and you know who it also might be, too? Mike Severino? Ab- no, Abai out of Kansas. He looked... Unstoppable against Michigan State. Yeah, is he a a COVID year guy too? Because I Agbaji's been there. Back. I know that he's, he's been, been there, there for since all throughout our college. Um, he was time. born in two thousand, so he's our age. He's okay. twenty one. I did want to just touch on that that Duke uh, that story coming out of Duke. Yeah, how funny is that? Ridiculous. Just Coach it's K's Coach, swan yeah. song season and his grandson's getting popped <laughs> for a DWI. Well, I love Banchero. how like that's like his role on the team. Like the guy, it's like he's hey, dri- you're the designated drunk driver because is Mike Severino. I'm Paolo Branchero, and I, I'm not driving. Yeah, yeah. it yeah. was his car too. It was Banchero's car. That's, that's why, why he got. In, that's why yeah. he was an accessory. Ah, yeah. uh, what's come out of it? Did he play? Bancaro played, uh, played against against the Gardner Webb Bulldogs, and oh, they yeah. smoked him. And and uh, the kid, I don't, I don't know why his name is Severino. Is that? It's got to be Coach K's daughter. Yeah, and uh, yeah, yeah, facts. And he didn't play. Probably wouldn't have played anyway. But yeah, just Not overall a big hilarious. The one, the the funny. Thing I love is, any is, slander on Coach K. The funny thing is, is like the the picture used for the kid was a picture of him playing against Duke in their scrimmage game. <laughs> like he wasn't he wasn't exactly gonna be uh the uh the piece for them to put him over the top. Yeah. But like Ranchero on the other hand is I think he's, he's a special. top player Which is, in basketball. Uh, one one team I wanted to touch on is Syracuse. Dude, there I saw some stat. This is the greatest shooting like percentage oh, yeah. wise that Bayheim's had in his like what fifty years no, last year. Right. They were shooting the piss out of yeah, the ball. Yeah, Buddy Bayheim and that kid Gerard, yeah, the, Joe the, Gerard. He's the leading, the highest, highest scorer in New York State history. I'm not sure what the rest of their team looks like, but is Dolajai still there? He's <laughs> as old as Perry. No, CJ Ferris there though. Yeah. But with those, if they were really good last if, year, if Syracuse plays that that zone and can shoot, they're gonna be they're gonna be. A, I, if I had to bet. I would pencil in Syracuse as a four or five this year. Yeah, I don't know. Just right. just from they're not early, even ranked right now. Just they from never early, are. Uh, they're, 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 no. But it is one of the most interesting, sto- one of the most interesting just like themes in sport for me is the Syracuse zone. Just oh, yeah. year in and year out, just no one else can do it. No one else even attempts yeah, to do it. Exactly. And they like it is one of the it is. One of the most special just feats. It's masterful. No one else. No one else even. It's like everything, right? Like the spread offense, right? Spread offense. Teams start using it, and then everyone catches on, right? Get oh, no more fullback. Get another slot guy. Like you follow the patterns of what winning teams do, and Syracuse wins every year with this zone, and yet no one even tries it because they know they they just can't. Yeah. And and that's why every year. That's why every year they beat. 
Yeah, that is masterful. It's a master the class. The only thing probably in basketball you kind of see comparable was like Xavier's uh one three one when they were like that one seed in like yeah. in twenty eighteen. Yeah. J- with uh, they, McNamara, JP McCura. They, McCura, yeah. They were good. I mean, it's just utilizing your strength and because it puts the offense, it doesn't matter who you play. Xavier just beat Ohio State. It, yeah, you play yeah, they smoke it puts the other team in such a predicament. Mm-hmm. They can't play how they normally want to. And if they if they are able to, you already lost the game. And plus, when you're shooting it like that, yeah. on the other end of the court, you know it's like teams. We saw it in the tournament last year. Syracuse was what a nine or a ten, like they always go, do. And it's like if you didn't see, if they didn't tell you what which team was ranked what, and you were just watching, you're like, oh, Syracuse is a million times better because. These teams, you can't get in. You can't go on runs against the zone. No. you know what I mean. It, you can't it's tough just to score. It's tough to score, so you need to be playing great defense to have a chance to beat them. Because yeah. you're not going on. You don't see. You don't see Syracuse going down on fifteen to two runs. You know, because they'll they'll shoot you. They'll shoot you out of the gym, and you just can't. You know, all these teams do in the ACC is practice for how to beat the zone and no one can do it maybe you know a random Thursday night in in December you they'll they'll lose a couple or or whatever but that's almost never because of their zone isn't working it's because their offense is flat or what what have you but I think and one for just from I mean we've only played what, what a week or yeah. two of college basketball but just early impressions I think we can pump the brakes a little bit on the Big Ten They've, they're just they're just getting smoked by yeah, the Big East. I, yeah. So far, Big I'm East not I'm not saying I'm not saying that the Big Ten isn't still the best conference because I probably I probably think it is, but I think it's close with others. There, you can't wait till you see the overall. But I mean, it's tough right, when you yeah. play these like first couple games. Uh, I don't think Ohio State. Oregon got good. whomped by BYU. Uh, outside of them, they got yep. UCLA. Yeah, that was a well. Yeah, I mean USC in the top twenty-five. I guess we'll see. Because, like it's happened before, where the Big East has come out hot and faded. But I early impression, like I said, there, there. It looks like there's not going to be a a horrible team. Yeah, like there no, was maybe not I mean, a even horrible, De, DePaul they, just they, beat Rutgers. They literally just have Nova, UConn, right? ranked. Well, well, UConn's that, not that's even gonna, in the Big East. Seton Hall is going to be ranked. I would, if I had to guess, next week. Yeah. I mean, again, it's a body of work thing, and we'll see how, who emerges down the stretch. But teams, I think that are great, pre that will stay great throughout the season. I think Kansas is the real deal again in the Big Twelve. I think they're the best team. I think they're one of the best teams in the nation. UCLA looked so impressive against Villanova. Villanova almost equally impre- as impressive, but couldn't close down the stretch. A lot of errors, but. Jay Wright will get them cleaned up. I think yeah. they're legit too. Yeah. Villanova's going to lose like five. Duke games, looks maybe. legit. Yeah, obviously Duke, they got their is, issues that we just talked about. Duke's going back. On. This they're is right. one of the better Duke teams. This is the best yeah. Duke team I would say since Zion. Yeah, yeah. They're a couple times uh, they're back. Yeah, Texas looked awful against Gonzaga. I think Texas um, will be Baylor, Silicon, Memphis. I think is a team that could yeah. get hotter and hotter yeah, throughout well, the year. Amani yeah. Bates. And, yeah, I mean they're going to be That's right like, there. That was. I remember seeing that kid's name four or five years ago as as the next KD. Yeah, because he was just that same just well he's from alien Michigan. He's from Ypsilanti, Michigan. Yeah, yeah, um, he was originally committed to state and flipped to Memphis. Yeah, uh, interesting. He, yeah, he became the uh, number five overall, and then Jalen Durant, the center, 
Uh, <laughs> he's he's a number six overall in the class, and he's at Memphis right now. So. And Memphis, I'm telling, they got some of those kids. I don't think they transferred. Like some of those guys, remember they had Penny's first year. They had that class, which was a good class. And if they still have those With guys, Wiseman. With, yeah, it was that Wiseman class, yeah. but those guys would all be juniors now if they stayed. And you partner that with, and they got that Nolly kid who used to play at Virginia Tech who was a beast. Yeah, they're a good team. Yeah, they're going to be, they're going to probably, playing in the American, they got, they're going to have Houston to deal with, but I would say they're probably going to hang around in the top 15 for the whole season. Uh, yeah, yeah, Notre Dame tied for first in the ACC. Hey, let's go. With but big wins that's over really all point. that's impressive to me out yeah, of State the teams. Um, Ohio State's look sloppy. Who did who did Houston just destroy the other day? Virginia. Yeah, that yeah, Virginia. Stays. They made Virginia look Fine, like a mid. Yeah. Finally, yeah. thank God. I know. I awful basketball. I've always I've always liked Houston too. I like their I team like last Houston year. I had them in my final four last year, actually. But yeah, no, they're they're a good team. Yeah, they get up and down. They it's just, like they're it's, just they look, they look like a football team out there. They just they just like Virginia, who's usually the defensive like stallworth and, and they'll, then they'll shoot get the ball with 20 with three seconds yeah, left and, on the shot and they'll, clock they'll beat you time. you know 60 to 40 every game they got i have not seen a virginia team get just physically pounded like well yeah it didn't sound great but uh just get absolutely just demolished like they were they were bullied they were bullied yeah they were bullied and houston if it wasn't virginia i'd ask them it's to nice I, I really like with the Big Ten coming back down to earth a little bit early. There, it's a lot of balance in college basketball this year. Yeah, every yeah. every conference. There's a lot of a lot of non-power five teams that are very there's, good. If you include if the A10 is competitive, which I mean, UMass just, just destroyed Penn State. George Mason just beat ranked Maryland. Mm-hmm. So you figure the eight. I mean, even though I, it sucks Dayton. that Dayton. Uh, I know in a year that the A10 is going to be competitive. It'll be a spoiler. Though, there's going like. to be. There's going to be good eight, games. That's what we good, talked about yeah. last time. You know, getting good teams in the. There's going to be eight conferences. There's going to be eight conferences with, if you include the A10 in that, with multi bids, multi at large bids. Yeah. With with the Power we're, Five we're set up for a good year. The Power Five, basketball. the Big East, the American, and then the A10, and then, out. I guess you can't say out west because Gonzaga, unless St. Mary's does something. <laughs> yeah. But is BYU in that conference actually? Yeah. Yeah. The West. Well, then yeah. they there could be nine then. If if BYU gets that other bid in that conference, there could be nine conferences with at large bids, which is great for college basketball. Gets more teams involved. Exactly. Yeah, Gonzaga. And we're not just yucking in a thirteen loss Rutgers just because mm-hmm. they play in the Big Ten. Yep. We're, get, we're getting on. Getting, uh, what? Uh, just like a a mixed bag. St. Louis team that's had in a good the, year or something. In like. the West Coast Conference, BYU, Gonzaga, Santa Clara, St. Mary's, Number and nine. San Francisco all on the move undefeated. <laughs> all on the move. Look, look out for those San Francisco Dons this yeah. year. <laughs> Pepperdine uh, coming in at 500, 2-2. Two and two. Okay. So, you know, they're still four in the games already. The Waves getting yeah. active. Um, I did want to ask one thing to wrap up. Uh, last, last episode, I gave out five picks. Went back, we're four and one on those five picks we gave out. Ohio State was the only one that didn't cash. So, Purdue, so Purdue was huge. Georgia under, or uh, Arkansas, Arkansas, Mississippi State over, over. and then I had uh, North, North Carolina. Carolina. So any of you guys that uh, that were listening the day of the drop, I appreciate you, and uh, 
I hope you took some of those plays because uh, you probably had yourself a fun little weekend. Upgraded the uh, uh, upgraded the platinums if you uh, if you listened to that that pod last week. Um, you guys run it back. Any any best bets for the weekend? I think my in college football has to be Alabama twenty and a half at home against Arkansas. Uh, I think Georgia dismantled. I think it was thirty seven zero against them. I don't see why Alabama can't do the same. I think they kind of need to. Not really need to, but it's good to be hot around this time. They got Auburn next week, which is always a tough-fought game. Uh, I think this would be a good tune-up. I think they come out swinging. I like them by 20-and-a-half. I'll tell you, same game. I love SMU plus 10 against Cincy, I, and I love the under, 65. Honestly, it's funny. I'm... I hadn't looked at the lines yet, and I'm kind of scrolling through, and one that popped out to me was Houston minus nine against Memphis. St- sticking to the American for football yeah, here, yeah. but I kind of like Houston minus nine against Memphis. And eight, a nine and one Houston team against a five and five Memphis team? I don't yeah. know. But yeah, I think I think my plays, I think I'll have two plays in that Cincy game, and I think I'll take SMU in the under. I could see a. I, I'm not going to say SMU outright, even though I think they, they could win that game. Say Cincy, twenty four twenty game. Purdue Purdue minus eleven against Northwestern's enticing, but it's like Big Ten. Are we this really late in the Big Ten season? It's yeah, just too hard. I know it's it's going to be one game. Northwestern's going to hold Purdue to, to, to six points. Another game I was like. looking, I'm like, oh Iowa, they're not they're less than two touchdowns against Illinois. Inject me that, but yeah. you could just see, you know, Iowa winning, you know, twenty one ten. Ohio State minus dominating. nineteen. I don't know. I state could keep it close. You're gonna have to play really, really good defense. Notre Dame should cover the seventeen too against Georgia Tech, but we shall see. So what do we finalize in our picks? I got Houston minus nine. You got I SMU got, plus ten. I got SMU plus ten and under sixty five in that game. Bama minus twenty and a half. All right, let's see if let's see if we can go four and zero. Roll the same dice. Yeah, we go. So we'll see. And uh, thank you, boys, for coming back on. Uh, tune in episode two splitting gaps podcast. We're out. See ya.